0: Chapter 17 of Captain Salt in Oz. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Captain Salt and Oz by Ruth Plumley Thompson. Chapter 17 The Old Man of the Jungle. In the splendid white marble palace in the splendid white city of Azamaland. The nine Osmundarans sat in solemn conference. This time we have succeeded, stated Dijabu, chief of the nine judges of the realm. This time we have succeeded, and our plans may now be accomplished. Last time, we merely destroyed the king and queen, neglecting to do away with the royal offspring, Tazander Taza, and for that reason we failed utterly. So long as this boy survived, The natives insisted on considering him their rightful king and ruler. But ha! That prophecy we invented about an aunt carrying him off was a clever and useful idea. Eh, my fellow Zamians? Now as a child, with a little help on our part it must be confessed, has really been carried off and destroyed. We can blame these same silly females. And they and all the royal family can be tossed into the sea to pay for this heinous crime (laughs) Ha ha, quite an idea, a famous idea, murmured Digibu. And the eight Osmondarons nodded their narrow heads in complete and satisfied agreement. Leaving the throne clear for us, the nine faithful servants of the people. Again the Osmondarons nodded, but Digibu, slanting his cruel little eyes up and down the long table, was already making plans to destroy the lot of them and have the whole great country for himself. But how can we be sure the boy is destroyed and out of the way? Questioned Lotho, the second Osmondarion in point of rank and power. Because? Digiboo curled up his lips in a hard little smile. The old man of the jungle has brought us proof. Boglador! Boglador! It is our wish that you appear before us! At Digiboo's call, there was a slight rustle and stir behind the curtains in the doorway and an immense wrinkled old native, clad only in a turban and loincloth, stepped noiselessly into the chamber of justice. Without waiting for further orders, Boglador began in a high, dismal, droning voice. Following the commands of the highest among you, I, Boglador the Magician, did carry off on my famous, never known or seen flying umbrella the heir and small king of this country, coming down after two days on Petripany Island. Not wishing to destroy the boy with my own hands, I left him to the wild beasts and savage leopard men known to inhabit this island. That, as you know, was five months and two weeks ago. Having just returned from a second flight to the island, where I found no trace or sign of the boy, I can safely assure you that he is no more, that he has undoubtedly been killed by the savages or the wild beasts of the jungle. There was not a trace of pity or remorse on the cruel flat faces of his listeners as Boglodore finished his shameful recital. In that case, there is nothing left to do but punish the royal Anson family. Issue a proclamation of our accession to power. And divide up the kingdom, mused Lotho, drumming thoughtfully on the table with his long, skinny fingers. But do not forget my reward, wheezed Boglodore firmly. For this cruel and infamous deed, I was promised one-tenth of Ozmaland, and I am here to claim as my share the entire jungle reach of this country. Extending his arms, the old man of the jungle advanced threateningly toward the long table. Ha ha! Just listen to him now, sneered Didjaboo, gathering up his papers and looking insolently across at the angry native. Have a care what you say, fellow. Too much of this and you'll go over the cliff with the royal relatives. Now then, clear out. Your work is done. If you ever set foot in this city again, You shall be trampled beneath the feet of the royal elephants. Ah! Boglador recoiled, as if he had been confronted by a poisonous reptile. So that's to be the way of it? Aha! Very good. I will go. But do not think this is the end. It is but the beginning. Snapping his fingers under the long noses of the Osmond the old man, not bothering with the door, leapt out the window and vanished into the garden. "'Do you think that was quite wise?' questioned Tebow, third in rank of the Osmandarins. "'This fellow and his flying elephants are dangerous and may do us a world of harm. Do not forget. Anything he says will involve himself, and he'll have a hard time proving to the people that it was on my orders the young king was carried off.' "'Oh, hush!' warned Lotho, glancing nervously over his shoulder. "'Not another word!' Shrugging his shoulders and rising to indicate that the meeting was over, Digibu started pompously for the door. I will go now to prepare a royal proclamation, explaining that as a young king has not, after exhaustive search, been found or located, the authority and governing power of the state shall pass to us, the nine faithful Osmandarins of the realm. We can then meet again, and here in this star and barred chamber of justice. Divide the kingdom among us. Very well, but see that you remember it is to be divided. Staring fixedly at Digibu, Lotho strode away, colliding violently at the door with a small, breathless page who was entering on a veritable gallop. Your honors! Your osmanderin majesties! shrilled the boy, wildly waving his trumpet instead of blowing upon it. A ship! There is a ship with four masts beneath the chalk cliffs! A strange ship with full sail is riding into our harbor. There, there, don't shout, snapped Digiboo, seizing the boy roughly by the shoulders. Go back at once and discover what flag this ship flies from her masthead. Quickly now, run! What could it mean? Where could it be from? Such a thing has never happened before, muttered the others, hastening over to the long windows. Confoundation, raged Digiboo, as the page, with frightened stutters, turned and ran out of the Hall of Justice. "'This ruins everything. Who are these meddling foreigners? And why do they have to arrive now of all times? Now, Lotho, Tebow, call out the Camel Corps and the White Elephant Guard. Have them drawn up in war formation on the Chalk Cliffs. You others!' Impatiently, Digiboo waved his arms at the six remaining Osmond "'See to the defense of the palace!' If these meddlers set foot upon our territory, they are to be trampled upon. Trampled upon! Do you understand? Nodding with fierce and cruel determination, the eight tall keepers of the White City set about carrying out Digiboo's orders. Digiboo, hurrying up to the highest tower in the castle, looked through his telescope to see what manner of ship had come sailing out of the west to spoil or postpone his well-laid plans. End of Chapter 17